Welcome back to the Echo Video Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Tapley. Joining me as always is my co-host, Bart. Bart, how have you been this week? Hey, Hunter. Thanks again, always, for having me. And it's, uh, it's been a good week. Uh, I've got some stuff moved out, or moved in, better yet. And I started putting together my basement, trying to put, get, make a little little lounge out of it. Got a rug down, you know, really tied a room together. Got my uh, got my record players there. Picked up a couple of nice speakers at the Value Village for ten bucks a pop. That was beautiful. And That's yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a pretty good week. That's good. Uh, yeah, my week not not a lot happened either. Just kind of working. Working, I was watching my help my girlfriend dog sit over the weekend, so that was fun. Uh, I, I just remember the dog eating a ton of grass, and it was going to the bathroom, and a just long strain of grass was oh. sticking out of its ass, and I was like, oh, oh. someone has to deal with this, and uh, being the gentleman that I am, I resorted to it. It was pretty gross. <laughs> I did not enjoy doing that. Yeah, I did. It was actually disgusting, and it scars me. I still oh, think about it to this day. <laughs> I had I had something like that with my, my fucking cat. So Toothless obviously has zero teeth, so she'll suck on things a lot. And somebody left, like, straight up a shoestring around or something. I don't know how the fuck he got out of the oh, shoe. Yeah. She just kind of kept sucking it and just pulled it all the way through. And then the next day, I had to pull the whole string out of her asshole. It was fucking foul. <laughs> it was disgusting dude. Oh, and no, other times she'll me. she'll try to suck on things and she'll just get them halfway to her gullet and then you have to like pull them out and it just looks like you're pulling a damn oh. out of the vagina because there's no teeth there it's foul it's so funny out of the cat but yeah it's it's just really a good time that is vile that is vile <laughs> um i'm sorry to do that yeah so after that her- horrific encounters from both of us I'm just setting us up for um, that movie. <laughs> yeah that's true so just before we get to the movie let's uh what did you anything you saw watched or anything that you would kind of recommend or anything you'd recommend the audience to keep their eyes out for uh yeah well one's not really okay so first the new one first um i watched the woodstock 99 documentary like the three parts are on netflix absolutely wild i thought i was going to be like a like a Fire Island kind of documentary, which it is, but it's like even more insane. So I won't spoil much of it, but it's basically like a tribute for the Woodstock 1996, uh, 30 years later. And it is fucking wild. Have you seen it? No, I haven't, but I've heard it. Yeah, I, I heard like stories of it. Is that the yeah. one where they like, there's like a food truck, but the food truck ran out of food and they like ate a cow or something? Is that the Woodstock? <laughs> is that the Woodstock one, or is uh, that another festival? I think that's a different one. But the Woodstock one was basically, they like I said, they tried to recreate like the 1996 hippie vibe. So yeah. they got all these people together, but instead of like buying out a massive like large grass fields, they went into a retired military base. And instead of oh, having okay. all like this hippie music, like I don't know, uh, Joe Crocker and Jimi Hendrix, they had like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They had corn. They had Limp Biscuit. So the whole vibe was entirely different. <laughs> and then it was basically three days of just intense thrash. drugs, alcohol, thrash. Yeah, thrash just, metal, yeah. Uh, very poor production. Like things are very poorly organized. And then shit just hit the fucking fan one time. And it goes ballistic. Like it's absolutely insane. Fuck. That's crazy. Yeah, I heard of that. I was thinking of checking it out. But I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't really watch a lot of newer stuff these days. Um, I was put off by it too, but it's definitely <laughs> definitely worth to watch. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll check it out then. 
I did watch, um, so I'd never ever seen the Insidious movies, and I was wondering kind of see, you know, where James Wan started, and I'd heard so much about it. They're okay. Actually, I was a bit underwhelmed, because I'd heard, like, oh, they're the scariest movie of the 2010s and all that Exorcist shit. They're fine. Is that the one with Darth Maul? Yeah, with Darth Maul haunting the okay, child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking puppet That's master. like the, you know, dude, that's like the one that, that like, gave Tiny Tim his career. Honestly, and, dude, it fucking took off after that. And uh, like Tiny Tim and Darth Maul are the scariest parts of that movie. Easily. And, and they do, uh, yeah. they play really well together. It's okay, but it's not, yeah, it's kind of one of those, you kind of have, like, you either like it or you don't. I yeah. was not a big fan of it. Because like the Conjuring movies, like those movies made so much fucking money. I think they were made on like a $20 million budget, all four of them, and they made back like four or five hundred million. So oh, The yeah. Conjuring is like an entirely different movie because there's so much money behind it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, it's interesting going yeah, back, but didn't really... The Conjuring's, the Conjuring's just... great, though. Yeah, I really like I the Conjuring. I love The Conjuring. Yeah, definitely. The first three. Even the third one. I, 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 I don't think anyone should sleep on the third one, but the first two, Conjuring 1 and 2, are are, are must-watches, yeah. in my opinion. I saw those a few. Th- Was that the, uh, like the devil third one? Like the, devil the third one... Yeah, the third one was the devil made me do it. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Um, he he claims the guy claims that he was possessed by the devil and murdered his friend or his girlfriend or something. And then they have to kind of basically prove that demon possession and ghosts are real in the court in the court system. It's a, it's pretty good. I I did enjoy it. So the the movie that I would recommend two movies I watched two this weekend that kind of stuck out to me. It was. Adventures in Babysitting from 1987, which I had a lot of fun watching. It's kind of one of those good 80s, 80s adventure family movies. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was super fun. It was really kind of uh, it was every character was was really likable. All the main characters were were likable. But the one thing that kind of caught my eye was when we started the movie. It says like this is not the original audio or something this is not the original this this film has been edited so i was like okay why has this been edited so i looked it up and there's a couple lines in the movie i think the one older brother refers to thor as a homo a couple times so they edited that out and then they edited out the f word she says in the movie she says don't fool the babysitter but in the original cut she says don't fuck with the babysitter (laughs) so And you can notice the cuts. Like, if you know what they're saying, you can notice the bad lip dubbing. Like, you can very well notice it at some some parts. But, no, other than that, it's a really fun movie. I do recommend it. Is it, like, Uh, a a dub done with the original actors? Or is it, like, in post, they had, like, this random man do the voice of, like, this little child? um, It's kind of like what they did with... um, uh, what's the uh, Snakes on a Plane, where if you watch the family version of Snakes on a Plane, he oh. says, I'm sick and tired of these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Does he? Or, Is that real? Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's a real thing. Oh, it's a TV edit. That's incredible. And then there was the other one in uh, Die Hard. He says, I think he says, like, yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon. What? <laughs> Yeah, the, I think it's the. I don't know how they do it. It's. I guess they just take other lines that the actor has said and kind of cut it over. It's crazy, but that's there's wild. a couple of TV edits that are pretty funny to listen to. Uh, the other movie was Cat in the Brain. I don't remember the year of that one, but it was pretty good. 
uh, kind of a weird psychological horror movie, psychological slasher horror movie, and it was uh, fucking disgusting. There was a lot of gore in it, so just right for me. Maybe don't show it to people that don't like horror movies. I made that mistake. <laughs> Is it an older movie? Yeah, it's from the eighties, I think. I, I I can't I can't remember the year, unfortunately. But uh, no, two movies. Highly recommend both of them. Other than that, we're going to move on to this week's discussion, which is, as promised last week, 1987's Hellraiser, directed by Clive Barker. Um, This was your pick, Bart, so if you want to do the honors of introducing it. Yeah, definitely. So I've always been intrigued by Pinhead. I've never seen the movie until uh, just now, but I mean, he's like a pop culture icon, so I've always seen him come by. And then I heard that they're making a 2022 uh, Hellraiser remake, directed by David Bruckner. And... Feel like good a time as I need to go check it out. And I was very surprised. I thought always that Pinhead was like the, I don't know, like the Freddy, like the really the ongoing villain the whole time, but he's not really that present. I can totally see why he became like a pop culture icon, but I thought it's going to be very domineering. It's like Darth Vader. He's kind of like comes and goes, but his presence is really noticeable. So that was really cool. So that it was definitely a fun surprise for me. Uh, for people who also haven't seen it, I have a quick synopsis here. <clears throat> So this is on IMDb. A woman discovers a newly resurrected partial form body of her brother-in-law. She starts killing for him to revitalize his body so he can escape the demonic beings that are pursuing him after he escapes their sadistic underworld. So wild. <laughs> Before I continue, Hunter, did you have any thought? What did you think of the film? Uh, yeah, so this is a good, this is a good movie. Um, basically, this came out in the time... Back in 87, I think all, like, the bigger horror movies of that year was Friday the 13th, or not Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, and Evil Dead 2. So this kind of came out when horror was kind of turning its, was kind of dominated by slashers and kind of more comedic-esque horror movies. And when this movie came out, it's basically the anti of that. Like, this isn't a comedy, this isn't even a slasher, I would say. This is more of, like... I wouldn't even know what to call this, like an erotic horror movie, like yeah, SNM meets fucking Torture family drama, Saul. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty it's a pretty crazy movie, but uh, it's a ton of fun in my opinion, and well, yeah, no, I would say it's a ton of fun with the with the effects and whatnot. Um, this is also based off of Clive Barker's book, The Hellbound Heart. Yeah, short short story, so it's a short story. So the uh, interesting thing about that is the original novel the hellbound heart pinhead was depicted as a woman and i think in the 22 remake like the new remake i think they're trying to bring her back as a trying to bring him back as a woman yeah the hellraiser is played by uh, jamie clayton and as yeah so they're so yeah it's pretty interesting and if she looks anything like the photo i'm looking at she kind of bad Honestly, kind of I, bad, I wouldn't mind solving some little cubes. <laughs> um, yeah, so any, uh, any, I, I do like this movie. It is pretty good. There are some flaws that we'll get into, but it's it's a good movie. So let's just kind of break it down, I guess, yeah, from let's do it. beginning to end. So uh, the movie opens. We got Frank is kind of in a, like a sweaty man in a Chinese or some foreign like the opening the gremlins cafe. kind of but just a lot yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they he's both get like a mysterious a, like, box he gets a mysterious cube from a guy that's going like what's your pleasure 
something like that. He's mm-hmm. like, so then he takes it back into his fucking house and he's like surrounded by candles. So we're led to believe that this guy bought this cube that we don't know what, but clearly it's got some sexual past to it that we're supposed to believe that he bought that in, I don't know, let's just say China, flew all the way back to America and is now deciding to open it in his house in America. So he he waited a long time Fair on that enough. one. He probably ran out of his refund there. That's, that's just a yeah, bad so call. Then he solves the puzzle box, which does not appear to be very difficult because I'm pretty sure everybody fucking solves the puzzle box. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because it's, it's called a puzzle box, but you literally open it up and close it again just in a it's different just literally, way. It's just literally slowly put slowly move your finger in a semicircle and then you've opened it. Yeah, and that's why basically. somebody later on just gets it like by accident. And they're like, well, yeah. fuck me. I don't know. Take it's me, crazy. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, that's, we'll it's get crazy. to that. So then uh, he opens the box, hooks stab into him, and then the fucking Cenobites are introduced. We have, now these Cenobites, I believe in the original, are all unnamed, and they were kind of nicknamed by fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's Pinhead, who's the classic, who actually got, like, that's his, his real name now. There's the Chatterer, just that creepy one with the chattering teeth. Yeah, like there's the Butterball. Yeah, there's Butterball, who's the fucking fat one with glasses, the fucking triple chin have an ass. And then there's uh, the female Cenobite, or her nickname is like unofficially, her nickname is is uh, uh, Deep Throat, who's really? got her like trachea opened up or something, like her oh, neck's geez. like peeled open, it's gross. And she has like this fucking nutsack of a head with these little hairs sticking out of it yeah and like a nail did you notice right the hairs yeah man. yeah it's gross oh, oh man oh, it's actually Nasty. funny if you, if you watch the sandman like the new game in sandman the the corinthian and like the main villain in that just looks like a really skinny version of butterball like he's also got the oh, the glasses yeah. on like some fucked up shit behind his eyes it just looks like him it was in better shape it's actually kind of funny i just thought of that one Oh, sorry. So anyways, something I forgot to mention, Clive Barker got the idea for the Hellbound Heart when he worked as a man whore. <laughs> he was an actual prostitute and he he got the idea for the Hellbound Heart from doing that. So Yeah, I think he saw like some nails and like knives being introduced, like cutting and yeah. It's just some there yikes. was some kind of S and M club in New York that he took a lot of inspiration from. So that's just that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. That's wild. You know, it's. I didn't realize this was just like directorial debut, which is super cool. Especially like I thought it was really yep. good. Yep. So and then I thought it was really cool how. Anyways, we like, yeah we move invested, in. We're not invested. Oh. Sorry, no. I there was just some audio cut. Okay. Yeah. No, it's all good. All right. Let's start. So. Yeah, sorry. So any, no, anyways, so the movie starts, and where the fuck are we? I think we just ended with the S&M New York thing. Yeah, so they kind of, so there's the S&M club in New York that the story's kind of based off of, and then we're introduced to the house, and I believe that his brother has obtained this house from his brother, uh, what's the brother's name? Is it Frank, or is Frank, it? Yeah, and then the other brother is Larry. So yeah, Larry's so like the good guy. Frank's like the yeah. sadomasochist who was opening the yeah. puzzle box earlier. 
So Larry's gotten this house from Frank, and his, him and his wife are basically walking into the house, and they're kind of, I guess, planning to move into it. And it appears that the wife, his uh, his new wife, Julia, his, um, had some kind of an affair with him that left her unsatisfied with every other sexual partner after that. Seems like And that. Frank did not seem very happy with that. Um, that whole but and it felt like Fifty Shades. Like if you took oh, yeah. the horror aspects, like it was really weird. Like he's like putting Dude, this, his finger in her mouth and like this movie is horny as fuck. Yeah, this like, movie is horny as fuck. Like, yes, anything. It's like Icebox. He was just straight up gonna lie down on his like crusty ass bed and masturbate. Like it was gnarly. Oh, dude, wild. This movie's a fucking. This is a horny movie. And then, uh, so then we cut to moving day, and I think what's his daughter's name? Uh, Christy. Uh, yeah. Larry's daughter, Christy, is kind of in the background for most of the movie, and then she kind of becomes the main character in the second half, which is kind of one of the flaws I found. Yeah, I had that too. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, the whole like started movie, she's just barely there. Like she's getting a job in a hotel just to be separate from her family. And then like half an yeah. hour later, she's like, oh, hello, I'm the main character now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So then they're moving the, um, they're moving a bed in. And this part's kind of weird. This part kind of, like, they're moving a bed in, and they're just like, hey, you got any beer to the moving guys? It's like, okay, you're on a job. You're not drinking on a job if you were working, if you were moving my shit. And then he's just like, she's like, yeah, it's in the fridge. And then Larry's just, like, totally out of character. doesn't act like this at all. He's like, I guess I'll get him myself. Like, he's all. Yeah, he's all butthurt about it. I was like, what the hell? Like. Doesn't act like that any other time in the movie but that scene, which was kind of crazy. And then the mover, like, the, I think the wife brought the beer over. And then the mover, oh, yeah, so the wife brought the beer over, and then the daughter followed after her. And she's, like, yeah. what, like, 16 or something? And then yeah, the I, mover I says to, to the dad, like, oh, I can see where she got her looks. And she's, like, bro, that's so fucking weird. I don't know, yeah, man, that was weird. Pretty... And he's, like, greasy and dripping sweat and shit. Yeah, and he's just, like, her mom's dead. And it's, like... Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. That changed the whole vibe. Yeah. So it's just like a double fucking it's nail such, into that guy's head. It's such a weird head. scene because it, like, tonally, it just shifts so many times. And he gets yeah, that nasty crazy. gash in his hand. And then, yeah, so then they push his hand into a nail and his wife's in the room where Frank had been taken by the Xenobites. The Cino- Z- yeah, not the Xenobites, the Cinnabites. <laughs> Got alien on the brain, but... So then she's like fantasizing and remembering old memories. And then fucking Larry gets his hand cut pretty bad. And he's like, oh, and he's like freaking out. Runs into the room. Yeah, that's fucking me, though. I I I fair enough. I've never seen somebody, though, so useless in emergency situations. He was like patting it, like kind of holding it. Like this man is like bleeding out from like this 10 inch gash on his hand. She's yeah. like, um, I don't know. Hey, Christy, come here. Can you call the police for me, please? And see, yeah. this man's like passing out. He's like completely pale. I don't know, man. Crazy. So then the blood of his hand mixes with the floor and starts to be absorbed by this creepy heart underneath the floorboards. And then probably the best scene in the movie. Oh, yeah, man. With a, with, with a really good score backing it is when Frank is revived from the blood, he, like, flies out of the floorboards and, like, 
slimy and and disgusting looking. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a pretty cool. Uh, it's just basically like organs on bones at that point. Just kind of. It looks like the thing trying so, to crawl out of like this gash out of hell. But I actually yeah. really found interesting that like that egg scene before. Uh, yeah. Like you know the thing on the wall. Like you know how yeah. it kind of just like dishevels and it looks a little bit spot mo- stop motion. Yeah. Like, yeah. How did I do that? I was wondering. Like, did I just like melt something and then reverse it the video? Do you know? Was that the like the heart uh, beating underneath the floorboards? Or? Yeah, and it looked like it was when it was growing. It was kind of coming together, but it was, it was like super choppy. I would imagine it would be like some kind of almost like a balloon that they're inflating, like some kind of artificial lung that they're inflating with air. I would imagine it very well could be stop motion though, but. So then he, like, this was kind of a funny cut. After you get one of the best horror special effects scenes out of, the, out of the time, it immediately cuts to a close-up of Julia's face at a party where they, they're all laughing and carrying on. And it's oh, yeah. just like the most... And then I got to say, this scene was very boring. I won't lie. The dinner scene was kind of kind of lost me at this scene. Fair I was fading out. I can't really remember. I do remember that there's a lot of uh, everyone wants to go, but ever no one really wants to go kind of deal. Yeah, happening really at that scene. tug of war kind of, but it's like a boring tug of war. It's like a nagging, like oh, uh, yeah, yeah, weird. And she's like, I want my independence, but at the same time, she's like super jolly and happy with her family, and there's absolutely no reason why she should be. I think there was like yeah. one scene where the dad was a little bit overbearing, but I think that's just because he was in a different city. Like there was yeah, no point sure. where she was like. I don't know, trapped or something. I don't know. That yeah. Weird. Yeah. And then, so then they go, so, the, oh, so anyway, sorry. Then they take her and, or the, I don't know what his name was, but one of the boyfriends or something takes Chrissy home and everyone kind of leaves the party. Julia goes upstairs to bed and then they're walking home at night and she's wearing a really dumb hat is what I have here in my notes. <laughs> And she had like a really dumb hat and then there's this creepy homeless guy looking at her from like a fucking window, like a boarded up window. There's a homeless guy staring mm-hmm. at her. And then um so then that happens. You see his eyes, go, man? I mean that caught me up. Oh, he's yeah. like this disheveled like man and he's piercing blue eyes. He's got really nice looking eyes. He had, yeah, he had really good weird. Friend. I did I definitely noticed the eyes for sure. And then I can't remember. I think we're introduced to Frank. After that, Julia meets Frank. Yeah, like as as you like resurrected, as like and he's like this, guts and a pile of yeah shit. And he's this horrifying, creepy, slimy man that I would never touch. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he was he was so slimy in this movie, dude. And I'm pretty sure so then, he almost convinced her to kiss her. Do you see that? Or to kiss him? Oh, yeah. Like, they were so, so. It was gross. It was like dripping ooze from his lips and shit. Yeah, they were close, yeah. So then Frank convinces her to say, basically says, like, the blood res- the, the blood helps me. Let's go, like, bring me more people in so I can have my body back, basically. He's escaped the Cenobites, and he's kind of like, I just need blood and and more and I need I need blood and stuff and I can come back. So she seduces this guy at the bar and it's like weird. I thought it was in the middle of the day. Uh, she takes her back to his house and it's like bright outside. Like there's lights coming in that clearly mm-hmm. aren't street lights. It's like fully daytime outside. The guy is very very pushy, 
And yeah, then, very bushy. He's like, oh, you brought me here. Now, you know, you give it to yeah, me, it's, basically. It's like, oh, my God, dude, like, ask for a cup of tea first. Crazy. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so then anyways, they make it upstairs. The guy takes his pants off. And she fucking whacks him in the head with a hammer. And it's a pretty good hammer beatdown scene. It's a in my good opinion. scene, yeah. Jaw pops out. Eye kind of goes crooked. Jaws or like jaws. The teeth are like on the floor, yeah, sticking out of his tooth, like through his lip. It's pretty gnarly. It's good. Yeah. And then Frank is like, All right, I'm gonna like I'm gonna do this and then he takes her he takes the body that she's given him. And then she goes outside and has a fucking existential meltdown <laughs> because of what she's done. And then we, I think uh, Larry comes home in this scene or is it the next scene? Yeah, I think Larry comes home. Oh, no, he comes home in the morning, I think, because that night she's like washing her hands after killing him. And I was wondering if that was like a like a Macbeth, like a Lady Macbeth after killing this guy to get the person she loves into yeah. power kind of thing. I, I thought, almost, you know what? I didn't even think about that, but no, that's actually pretty. I bet you that's what he was going for was, was kind wondering. of a Macbeth. I bet you it was kind of a Macbeth type deal. Yeah, like killing King Duncan. Yeah, that I don't know. That'd be cool. I just noticed that with the, the hand No, I, I almost guarantee you there was. There's got to be some kind of Macbeth inspiration. Yeah, I mean, he I he was feel. a writer and like a fellas and short story, oh, so yeah. it was definitely yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think then the next day because he's all paranoid and whatnot, uh, her and Larry are sleeping together in bed. And then Frank is upstairs, but he's like fucking running around, raging around because he's upset (laughs) in the state that he's in because he's probably in so much pain because I think he just got his nerves back, right? So this man hasn't felt pain because he's just been revived and now he doesn't have any skin. So it's it's a bit touchy. So yeah, now he's freaking out and he's basically like, Julia, you got to bring me more more victims, basically. Hmm. And then there's a quick kind of montage of a bunch of men getting their heads beaten in with hammers. And am yeah, I... it's quick and efficient. They just kind of yeah. lock it in. The di- then... They almost feel like little short stories because they kind of like humanize them a little bit, but just a tiny yeah, bit. Yeah. And then they just kind of chop them up. But what about that scene, dude, before? So basically, I think before that he's in his like muscle form, Larry's trying to do it with Julia. And then we see like the as he's doing it frank is like sneaking up behind them and he's got like a rat like a, and he oh, like cuts yeah. the rat in half and it's like oh <laughs> it's yeah, so he like weird. skins back or something and then peels it it's like Jesus. yeah it's so weird yeah. and so gross and so then anyways i think larry gets a little suspicious because julia is kind of being very distant and not uh not mm-hmm. being herself so then uh, he's just, I think he talks to his daughter, Christy, and says something. And then I think, no, he tries to convince Christy to go talk to her to see if she'll open up to yeah. her. And this is kind of where Christy becomes like the new main character. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, I agree. So then Christy goes back to the house, sees that she's luring a man in. She goes into the house, walks up to the, t- to the top floor, mm-hmm. and then sees fucking frank and the best part about this scene honestly it's me it's uncle frank he's trying to humanize with her it's like bruh yeah you look like a f- monster you're not humanizing with anyone <laughs> he's at that fucking grown up fetus he's, yeah, he's trying to ask he's trying to ask her how her day was like get the fuck out of here on. man she, oh dude, actually that's actually really funny because I, I was thinking but it wasn't 
I was watching this interview by uh, Doug Bradley, who played Pinhead. And yeah. on a typical day, it took him eight hours to get all of his makeup on. So he had to be like wearing it the whole yeah. day because it took well, fucking eight hours to just put it on him. But he remembers how isolated he felt because he was literally dressed up as Pinhead every day on set. So nobody would want to speak to him. So he's being like, hey, you know, you want to grab a coffee? And he's walking around <laughs> with this fucking scary ass suit on. Uh, it's funny. It's reminding me of that. I would hang out with Pinhead, honestly. 100%. I would hang out with Pinhead. Um, anyway, so then we, she goes upstairs. She she catches them both, and she grabs the puzzle box. There's this whole debacle and, 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 and frightening, like they don't know what's going to happen. I think they threaten to kill her, but then... Yeah, because he opened the box, so I think... Like, yeah, whether well, or no, not yet. Oh, she oh, hasn't no, opened right, the box right, yet. Right. Anyways, she goes down and complains that Uncle Frank's in the in the room upstairs, Uncle Frank's up there, and then they submit her to the hospital. And we're about an hour into the movie and there's a bit of do you know what they're you know what they're missing? You know what's missing a bit? And an hour into the movie. What what, what do we got? He's on the cover of the poster. Oh, <laughs> we're missing the fucking Cinnabites this whole movie. They're in like the first five minutes. We're an hour into this movie. There hasn't been a single one in like a fucking full hour. So anyways, Fair enough. I wonder if that was actually like, was it in 1987? Was it actually marketed like as Pinhead or did it just kind of become I... the Pinhead movie? Well, he wasn't marketed as Pinhead. It's just the right, cover okay. of the movie shows him holding the box, right? Oh, the fair enough. Box. Okay. So then, anyways, we get back to the hospital. She solves the puzzle box. And I think before she meets you, hear like a crying baby. Yes, yeah, he's like transported and... into this weird lucid dream. It's all like super beautiful and white. And then yeah. there's like in there's this, this in this cradle, there's like this wailing baby or potentially a body just like a wailing baby somewhere in some sort of corpse yeah. i think in like the yeah uh, and, and it's like covered in feathers oh your internet's kind of yeah my bad i'm gonna I can't hear you yeah is... there we go there we go yeah sorry i'm gonna record in the basement next time my internet's a little bit spotty up here i just moved to a new place so i'm still figuring it out but okay yeah, no, perfect. We were just talking about the the white dream scene. So we... Yeah, so there's like this corpse on the on the table. There's a baby crying. There's feathers falling all over. There's a little pool of blood happening. I'm assuming around where the body's heart is located. And we don't ever get to see what it is. I'm assuming it's hinting at that it's Christie's original mother. That's Something what I was thinking, where maybe yeah. I feel like there's a plot line that's missing, which is one of the problems I have with this movie. It feels like there's a missing plot line. Yeah. With... That's also weird because like a lucid thing like that, it never comes up again. Yeah. Like nobody ever has any visions or anything, I think. Like yeah. Just a one-time girl. So then, anyways, we get somehow we get to this creepy baby human monster running down a hallway, chasing her through this hallway. And if you look very carefully at the bottom, you can actually see the the uh, the puppeteers moving it, like their legs. Oh, really? Did you see that? You can see like a metal cart behind it where they're pushing it oh, that's in the bottom. Incredible. Yeah. No, so I, if you look I carefully, if you look carefully, you can see it. And <laughs> so then she it comes out. It looks like out. one of those fucking like Doom enemies, you know, in like two D. It's oh, just running yeah. down like one hallway. <laughs> 
just dude it's crazy yeah. it looks fucking gross it looks like a giant testicle yeah with a fucking face like a, like a wild deformity though not not your typical it, it kind of looks like it kind of looks like like a smoother suckling like it looks more <laughs> smooth but it kind of looks like the suckling it was more well-developed less toxic waste yeah exactly <laughs> incredible so then we're in the hospital and the Cenobites are finally in the movie. All of them are here. The chatterer's chattering, finally. Lift up he grabs her. Incredible. Yeah, his one his one role and he's there and he's and he grabs her and they're basically about to take Christy back to their dimension with her and she says, Hey, Frank got away from you. Like you you should take Frank and like take Frank in my place, basically. Like take him back. I'll lead you to him. And I think he has to confess something. I'm not sure what he had to confess. Yeah, was it I, just... I think he had to like confess to his sins in order for him to be like a valid replacement for Christy, because I didn't okay. want to take him if he was just like I think holding it all back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then she goes, "Okay, yep, yeah, I'll figure it out." She gets the puzzle box back, and then she runs back to her house, and Larry comes home. So this is before she makes it home. Larry comes home. And Julia's like, oh, like, let's go upstairs. And then we cut to Christy coming home, and Larry's looking a bit weird. Looking, a, looking, looking a, bit a little bloody. silly, a little, little paler than usual. Yep. Looking a little, looking a little bit like little he got his face here. cut off. Yeah. <laughs> looks like fucking um, Hannibal Lecter in the Sons of the Lambs, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in like, the elevator. Even, <laughs> like, the seams of the face are like cut like yeah at the, like the top of the scalp and the sides are like all bloody and they're not pointing the that out so then that's what i thought man like she just she had this premonition this weird dream about her dad dying this horrible death and she goes to him and she's like oh you're okay but doesn't notice like the massive fucking cutout of his yeah. entire face pasted on someone else's skull like what i don't that's know crazy. <laughs> no it's crazy so then this whole fucking debacle and scramble happens does julia die in this scene i can't remember if she dies i think that christy gets away and then he kills julia in order to become more powerful i believe right? yeah you know, yep i think so i think so yep i think or no i think he threatens and then maybe julia steps and f gets like taken in like an accident oh yes yes yes, yes, yes. You're, you're totally right yeah he goes into stab yeah. christy misses accidentally yeah, it's julia okay. instead and then he's like well yeah, you're dead anyway so basically yeah, yeah. And then, so then frank's like oh i'm like blah 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 i'm frank and i'm gonna kill you and then all of a sudden the cenobites come they show up they're like hey man you can't fucking do this shit you can't escape us and they cover him with all the chains the fish hooks and he's looking at christy and he's Jesus looking at her. Wept. He's Frank's looking at Christy like he, she's a fucking hot piece of ass. He's like licking his lips yeah. while his face is getting pulled apart. And he's like, oh. That's really pushing the, the whole step, <laughs> stepdad genre to a oh, new yeah, level. Dude. And then the Cenobites are like, are like, all right, you probably don't want to see this. So she turns around. I think she's able to leave the room. I think or maybe just, she stopped. Yeah, I don't know. But I feel like I, I think she's I think she leaves the room. As soon as she leaves the room, Frank fucking explodes. Yeah, yeah, like tear him apart. <laughs> it's fucking sick. He fully like his whole explodes. torso is like ripped out. 
Oh, it's beautiful. And then, and then the female Cenobite, uh, Deep Throat, is walking up the staircase like, "Oh, are you leaving so soon?" And she's cutting the wall, and blood's coming out of the out of the walls as she's cutting it. Hmm. That was actually a really cool and, scene. I really like that scene. Oh no, I yeah, the ending scene's fantastic. Yeah. And then, although she kind of like effortlessly. That's gets like, by I was gonna throat. say that like, she fucking kills all of them these, with minimal effort. Like these are like demigods or like like demons or angels is their words and they're the rulers of this sexual dimension. Yeah, <laughs> and she just experience. effortlessly effortlessly Perhaps walks by them. them. And then she uh, I think the boyfriend comes in at this point. Yeah, and he's been missing for yeah. the last 40 minutes, I think. Oh, she has to finish solving the puzzle box right. to, to escape, to send them back home, basically. So she's trying to frantically solve it. The boyfriend is trying to help. She thinks she's solved it, but she's not quite done yet. Uh, the fucking door opens, and that weird baby thing flings open, trying to bite at her hands. The boyfriend's like, here, let me solve it. And then Christy's like, no, I'll solve it. <laughs> Um, so she fucking, they solve it and then everything's back to normal. She goes, it cuts. She's going to throw it into the fire to burn it and end it. She throws it in the fire and our fucking friend, the homeless man walks up, stares at them. And then, oh, he's a fucking, he's not a homeless man. He's a skeleton dragon that pulls the fucking, (laughs) oh, you got your mic muted. Oh, my bad. What the fuck? I, that whole reaction was gone. What the fuck was that <laughs> ending, man? That homeless man's been popping up every now and then because yeah. earlier they, they kind of fulfilled that whole Christy getting a job at the pet value. Yeah, at the pet and, store, yeah. <laughs> and the homeless Which had a man, fucking monkey. They had a monkey dude, for sale in I that was, pet store. They just had fucking cages stacked on cages of the most fucking backwards-ass like, animals. You're like, wait, what, like, what the, the fuck? F- fuck pet store is this <laughs> it's exotic animals it's fucking ace ventura's living room over there yeah, yeah but yeah the fucking homeless man is just eating the fucking crickets by the handful and then walks out what yeah. the fuck what was the dragon have you seen the second he movie was, i have not seen the second fuck. but i'm i'm certain he's supposed to be like a type of demon is he is he the leviathan because leviathan is the god of like the fuck are they called the Cinnabites the Cinnabites is he the Leviathan I don't think he's the Leviathan but I think he's just supposed to be like this is how powerful like he's just kind of one of the servants working for their world because he rescues the puzzle box and then brings it back to the uh, another guy to the uh, Chinese guy again and he starts the same way you have another guy like what's your pleasure and then it ends Mm, right kind of Right, so I don't think he's the Leviathan, fair enough, but fair enough. You're, you're he's right. definitely an entity that works for the Cenobites for sure. Yeah, and weird. that's the movie. It ends kind of weirdly. Um, it has some very strong scenes. It has the highest of highs, I would think. I think so too, man. When it hits, it hits. Some kind of meh lows, I would say. Not terrible lows, but there's definitely a missing plot point or two. There's a couple of odd scenes in my opinion just kind of some boring scenes mm-hmm. but overall i think it's a really good 80s movie definitely a classic a definite must watch if you're a fan of 80s horror absolutely yeah when it's like when the prosthetics are like at the front and center and the makeup it's like all the good gory yeah. scenes and the makeup scenes it's phenomenal it's really yeah. impressive and that's i think bob keen is the special effects guy he worked yep. on life force and Candyman. 
and um, the score is amazing too. Very like gothic score. Uh, Christopher Young mm. he does a lot of other horror movies as well. He did a great job with the score. It's and the cinematography in this movie kind of reminds me of like a Dracula's gothic esque castle. Like I know we're in like a supposed to be in like a modern suburban home in the eight like in the eighties, but it feels very very gothic in my mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, it's pretty. It's 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 a pretty entertaining yeah, watch. I, I totally agree. So yeah, that's well, that's a recommendation from me. Uh, yeah, I would highly recommend it. I'm assuming you would. Have yeah, the same. Me too, absolutely. And if you are interested in more of like the, the the gothic style art, there's the whole Clive Baker archives where he does. There's a ton of his illustrations there, even for sale. If you can spend a pretty penny, there's like oh, a yeah. bidding wars and stuff going on all the time. But it's he's a really got, cool gallery. To check out. He's got some pretty pretty interesting drawings i'll yeah. say that he's got a very and they're like yeah very very interesting kind of almost like hr geiger i find kind of similar i mean not the same but it's definitely like almost feels inspired by yeah um so yeah that's gonna do it for hellraiser um next week i think we're gonna talk about yeah next week we're gonna talk about the beyond from 1981 directed by Luki lucio fulci the italian gore master so should be fun. I've seen a couple clips of this movie. I haven't seen it, but I've seen a couple clips of it, and it looks uh, maybe don't eat before you watch it. <laughs> oh Jesus! Those are always good good warnings. Yep. So we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going into the spooky season strong. You know what fucking pisses me off, dude? Oh my goodness! What they a don't total do. Turn. <laughs> they don't do well. I'm trying to drink some apple ciders for fall. Some ciders. They don't have the bourbon spice cider anymore. Oh, dude, dude really? Yeah, I cannot man. find it. I don't think they make it anymore. That bourbon was a core There's... memory for me, man. That was so good. Dude, that was such a good... It was like cinnamon apple cider. Spicy like it was and apple sweet, cinnamon. sitting that by the fire. I only had... That's the only time I've ever had it. Me I was too. Gonna buy, me too. I was going to buy another bottle of it, and I just thought, oh, well, it'll be for sale like another time, and it never been back. Yeah, man. That's, I'm that's so the exact fucking same thing. It's like this legendary experience now because you cannot Dude. relive it. It's quite beautiful, yeah. really. It was so fucking good. I wish they did it again, and they stopped doing, like, I don't know why apple cinnamon hard ciders don't exist, but they don't like it, and it pisses me off. Yeah, because they should, there should be more. It's like, apple it's the most cinnamon. fucking, the most slapping fall flavor of the year. Pumpkin spice. Don't fucking is, do oh, it. it's, it's not really no, that good. I'm not a big pumpkin I like pumpkin spice. I'm not a big pumpkin I like guy. pumpkin spice, dude. But, but apple over pumpkin any day. Apple cider, like apple cinnamon is fucking way better than fucking as pumpkin spice. Like way better. But I do like pumpkin spice. I won't lie. I like uh, pumpkin anyways. Soup. Oh, yeah. Fuck me. Pumpkin soup. <laughs> no, yeah. And I don't, I mean, we, we don't have to wrap right now. We can keep talking if you want. Yeah, but... that's totally true. We, what about, we're what's we're getting festive. At? I think we're at a crisp okay, 40 yeah, minutes. We should probably maybe should wrap probably it up before everybody falls asleep. Late. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's going to do it for this week. Next week, we have the Beyond Lucio Fulci, 1981. Thank you all again for joining us. Good night.